welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-round wine communication and tickets are on sale now. The second early bird discount will be available until September 18th. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. Thanks for tuning in to Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People on the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Steve Ray, your host, and this podcast features interviews with the people actually making a difference in the Italian wine market in America, their experiences, challenges, and personal stories. And I'll be adding a practical focus to the conversation based on my 30 years in the business. So if you're interested in not just learning how, but also how else, then this pod is for you. Steve Ray, and welcome to this week's edition of Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People. This week, uh, my guest is someone I'm proud to be affiliated with and apprehensive about interviewing, Stevie Kim. And Stevie, welcome to the show. Hello! Hello! (laughs) You know, it's Joy's birthday today. So I think we should sing, sing. Are you ready to sing live? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Well, how come we can't sing at the same time? Because you're going way too slow. <laughs> okay, let's One, go. two. Two, three. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. What do you keep slowing down for? <laughs> no, there's. I, I think we can't sing at the same time. How about if we do Happy Birthday to Joy and just leave it at that together? Okay. Happy Birthday, Joy. Happy Birthday, Joy. I, I don't have my roadcaster, so I don't have the bells and whistles to uh, the sound effects. But okay, Steve, let's... let's. Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Get U.S. Market Ready. You did that already. Why do we need to do it again? Giving her an option. Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. Fine. Give her an option. So my guest this week is uh, host of the Italian Wine Podcast, founder of the Italian Wine Podcast, and father, if you will, mother of the Italian Wine Podcast, Stevie Kidd. Stevie, (laughs) Stevie, welcome to this week's show. All right. Hi, buddy. What's up? That's it. That's all you got? That's it. That's all I got. All right. All right. All right. All right. So the last time we spoke for posterity's sake was uh, early on in the beginning of the interview phase of um, this podcast, which was like maybe 50 or 60 um, interviews ago. And um, if you'll recall, I certainly do. Holy shit. Oh, my God. It was like the very beginning. The last time you interviewed me was when you, you were starting your series. Exactly. We did about 20 editions of uh, me reading the book, right. uh, which seems to have been listened to quite a bit. It seems to be uh, chalking up a lot of listens. And then we began um, about a year and a half ago with, uh, actually two years ago, it was in August, interviews with people that I thought were interesting, basically starting with, the, with my friends. And we've done over 100, I think, and I'm running out of friends. Wow, I didn't know you had that many friends. <laughs> I'm discovering them. And now we're back to you to the beginning of this whole thing. So what I'd like to do is to kind of talk about 
me and what I've been doing lately vis-a-vis what's been going on with the Italian Wine Podcast. Uh, particularly- oh my God, I thought you were supposed to interview me. I thought I was the interviewee. You will be. You're just going to be talking about yourself? Only if I can get a word in edgewise. Okay, all right. Go ahead, Steve. Go, 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 go. Go ahead, go ahead, Mr. Cater. Yeah, so um, there's been a, a lot happening in the in the market in the U.S. All of a sudden, everybody's back to traveling, even though travel and uh, getting your luggage back seems to be a big big challenge. Um, I'm just back this week. Uh, I had attended Tales of the Cocktail, which is a major week-long event uh, in New Orleans for the spirit side of the business, domestic and um, international. And it was really interesting and um, exciting, uh, one, to see a whole lot of old friends and also to see a whole lot of new faces and people. There's been a whole generational change from when Tales of the Cocktail began 20 years ago, and we're seeing fundamental changes from Back then, bloggers were important. Now it's all about influencers, social media, podcasts, TikTok, Clubhouse. Not so much Clubhouse, but TikTok, etc. Um, there was a renewed level of excitement there that I thought was really wonderful. The other thing I thought that was really fascinating and interesting, the way they had it structured, the last day was something called Meet the Distillers. And it turned out the most important people were some of the most important people who attended the whole conference came only for that day. I saw a lot of uh, presidents of of different companies, um, uh, importers, distributors. I saw a lot of uh, major league F&B people from Marriott, um, Ritz-Carlton, some of the resorts in the U.S. that do, you know, are major national account-wise. And frankly, I was surprised to see that because it traditionally had been a uh, a independent bartender type thing. So, But, But how big was the event? Like how many people? I had been told 15,000, but I think it was more like 3,000. That's based on traffic of uh, people walking down Bourbon Street in the evening. Well, that's a big, that's a large gap, 3,015. It is, but the 3,000 people who I think were there were really important. And we did not attract a lot of people from out of the New Orleans area that are not professionals in the business. There were a fair amount of people from New Orleans who were there just for the fun and tasting and exploring new products. And there were some uh, products from Italy. There was some Amari. There were some uh, vermouths and uh, things that are on the cocktail side uh, of the equation. But I think the most important thing was people are back. They're excited. On-premise is happening again. Um, The biggest challenge everybody faces, no surprise, is uh, staffing and also rising food costs. But what um, have you been attending wine events as well? Yeah, I went to... Well, the last two happened to be spirits events. One was Bar Convent Brooklyn, which also reinvented himself and was similar to Dale's. And before that, we did Vinexpo New York, and we also did Provine. How was Vinexpo New York? Vinexpo New York was had pretty good attendance. Vinexpo New York is still trying to find its niche in the U.S. market. Uh, there were a lot of producers from France there, which makes sense considering the origins of Vinexpo from Expo, which used to be in Bordeaux, but we're we're expecting WSWA next year to be significant, and um, that's kind of it for the trade show season. So that answers your questions. Now it's time for me to get into my questions. Alrighty. 
So the next big big thing that's coming up in my life is wine to wine, which is your baby. This is now, I believe, the eighth year, if I'm not mistaken, maybe seventh. No, it's the ninth edition. So I got it wrong on the other side. The ninth edition, the first two I wasn't invited to, but we're not going to talk about that. I've been to the other. Honey, that was like nine years ago. Okay. Hang it up. <laughs> Jeez. Either either were or weren't invited, and I wasn't. In any case, it's turned out to be a really, really important event, um, at least in the world that I frequent with people that I meet and consider because or talk to, because it's all about what's what's happening next and how things are changing and on a practical level, how to adapt. One of the intros I do for this show these days is to say it's not so much about how to do things, it's how else to do things. And I think Wine to Wine really touches on that. Last year, there was a, a lot of focus on e-commerce and the internet and social media from a variety of standpoints. And next year, my understanding is the focus is going to be on communications. Can you give us a little clarity on uh, what you mean by communications? Oh, I don't know, to be quite honest. That's such a, that's... Well, it was your idea. <laughs> yes, I, I know. So let me try to give you, first of all, let me give you the 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 idea behind doing this. Because, you know, every year we choose a topic, like the main topic. There's always, for the listeners who are out there unfamiliar with Wine to Wine, it is a wine business forum. I, I do believe it's one of the largest, if you will. It is kind of the craziest there are about 70 sessions, parallel sessions in two days, about 100 um, speakers and about 1,000 to 1,500 attendees. This was, of course, before COVID. Then we did the one year, uh, we did just the digital. That was the COVID, let's say, edition. And then last year, we did the hybrid, which was um, some online you know, so live streaming, as well as in-person um, event. It was a little hectic, but we were able to pull that off. So this year, you love this, Steve, because this is for like old people, like you and me. <laughs> this edition will be, there will be no live streaming. There will be no digital. There will be no apps. It is only going to be in person. Which is great. I actually wanted to ask the legal Department of Verona Fiere, if I can sequester all the uh, smartphones <laughs> at the entrance. But I'm not sure. You know, and yeah, I, I'm not sure. Maybe I can make it as optional because the point is that I think, you know, even if you're not even a conference, but if you go ever go to even just a staff meeting or just a. I know what you mean. People are looking at their phones and not paying attention. Everyone is on their damn phone. Yeah. Right? So, like, I wanted to. To just take that away from everybody and have people listen to each other. That's kind of my thing. My my so my main theme is communicating, but mostly with each other because I think you know, of course, during the pandemic, we're still going through it actually. But we got so used to this virtual Zoom thing. It's 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 it was communication asynchronously. You weren't having a conversation. You were messaging that someone was replying to. And that applies to text. It applies to a lot of WhatsApp conversations and that. I see the fundamental difference is you have actual conversations in real time where you can read somebody's face and body language and get a sense of what they're talking about and share all these ideas rather than just tell what you're working on. And I think that's fundamental. I discover a whole lot of what's 
happening in the world and impacting the U.S. because a lot of well, the conversation that happens at Wine to Wine, at least that I have, is all in English. There's a lot in Italian as well. But um, there's a lot of uh, Americans there and a lot of people whose opinions really matter. And I think that's kind of the important thing. Um, if you go to that show, that, that means you're an important thinker. I, I think it's just a, um, a great facilitator of sharing business ideas you know, in the wine business, because if you think about it, I call it the communication this year, wine communication, because if you look at in general, people are so focused on the production side and what happens in the vineyards, right? So people are obsessed about that. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. All the winemakers, all the vineyard management, now with all the um, you know climate change, um, the terroir, Love microclimate, etc. And then if you look at the other end of the spectrum, all people are talking about is like tasting profiles. You're just tasting, whether it's a masterclass, whether it's an educational, whether it's a psalm recommending wines. It's all about tasting the wines. But in order for the wine to travel from the vineyard, from the winery to the tables of the psalms or the restaurants or the master classes, there are so many people involved to make this happen. And and all of that is all about uh, the entire connectivity happens through the people who are committed to promoting, educating, and communicating about wine. So I wanted to get, I suppose, a little bit more people involved in part of this, you know, supply chain, if you will. So so how do you define wine communication? It's kind of an all or nothing term. It's like when people say, what is digital marketing, right? So what we're doing something new is, for example, we're bringing in tons of wine agencies, like whether they're doing PRs or um, just media agencies, because their role is so important, right? They're bridging the gap between the producers and the rest of the world. So for the first time, we'll have um, dedicated panels to these partner agencies, and they will be talking about mostly their case studies so that they can share with the producers. But then, of course, we traditionally, we have we do have what you, you spoke about when you went to New Orleans about the wine influencers, because I think in, in, when we first started talking about wine influencers, we mostly spoke about kind of the Instagrammers. I mean, the real wine influencers were you know, of course, you know, a spectator or Robert Parker of the situation, the wine critics in the past or wine writers. And now uh, with social media, I think it has kind of become a little bit more superficial, if you will, right? So, and it's gone to the Instagrammers. But now I think there's kind of a turn and people are more focused on people who are creating content. But we want to know who they are. And also uh, we have one, you know, like, I try to uh, choose kind of the benchmark personalities of each area, like, you know, someone who's very good at TikTok, she's coming, and someone who's very good at YouTube, 
to give us, you know, kind of the share their business model, if you will, and their philosophy of approaching and broaching the social media realm. Because I think, let's be honest, uh, people in the wine business, their forte is not communication, their vis-a-vis uh, uh, social media and digital marketing. So we try to, uh, we are trying to bring the best, um, kind of the benchmark at least. I, I'm not sure I can say they're the best, but very competent and somewhat successful in their own way to illustrate how they've done it and share their experiences. One thing you've left out is the thing we're doing right now, which is podcasting. You've asked me to talk about that, and um, that's something I have to write. My plan is to interview a whole lot of people who are doing this and seeing if we can connect the dots between doing podcasts and ROI. That's always been kind of fuzzy math between the stimulus and the result, but it's something that uh, measurement is becoming more, becoming more and more mission critical in any marketing expenses these days the senior management is asking for show me what i'm getting for that in in terms that matter to me or to my customers um i don't personally have the answer to that i'm going to be digging it out and when i speak in uh, november it will be i'm going to come with a lot of data well, I think the podcast for us, obviously, has been very interesting, right? I mean, the way it has evolved. We started with Monty Walden. We asked him to interview a bunch of uh, wine personalities, wine people, participating in two moments, one during Vinitaly Opera Wine and the other moment actually during Wine to Wine. And then we used to roll out all of the interviews throughout the year. So that was kind of the the main spiel behind it. And then the pandemic struck and we started doing daily shows. So 2017, when people, even now, to be quite honest, a lot of the wine producers, when I say podcast, they're like, huh? What is that? Where do I get that? Like, you know, how do I find that? Right. Right. So it's. It is still uh, relatively unknown for for the the wine industry, at least in Italy. But if you think that we've started in 2017 and the entire year, calendar year 2017, we had 22,800 listens. And now the past 12 months, we've done more than 2 million. So it's absolutely gone. It's, it's been explosive. And, and in addition to that, we've started the sister channel of the videos. It's called Mama Jumbo Shrimp. And we have just started also replaying that through the other channels in Russia. So in Russian, uh, for the Russian audience, and also today to China through their YouTube channel, Billy Billy. So I think it will become quite exponentially expansive. And in terms of the analytics, I think it, it, it's it's quite important, I think. So but you got to connect the dots. I mean, what, what I'm finding in the U.S. and um, most of uh, the majority of the listeners to this podcast are people from the U.S. and certainly people who speak English. A lot of listenership, uh, when people are driving, they're no longer listening to the radio. They'll pop in a podcast. I'm astonished at that. The other factor I think people don't realize, especially when you talk about numbers, we were doing pretty good with 20,000. I'm getting 20,000 a month, just my show, as you probably know, which is amazing. But if you look at it week on week, the longer something is there, it doesn't decline in audience. It increases. So it's, it's almost like the corollary to the long tail, but on a positive end. Yeah, it's a, it has a very long shelf life, you know, so 
Yeah, because and and I think one of the reason why we are successful it's because we have a very large library, so so people can go and choose, and they may choose actually an episode uh, from like three years ago. Yeah, and I think um, I, I think right now I'm even seeing um, slowly also the Italian wine producers they're coming up to me and saying yes uh, we've listened to you on the Italian wine podcast like it's I think it's it's only been like a year actually the past twelve months before that never ever happened so right the inflection if you will yeah you know I was wearing the Italian wine podcast sticker when I right. attended in Italy. Uh, earlier this, and I felt like a minor celebrity. I mean, people were coming up to me saying, "Oh, I listen to you all the time," but you know, we operate sort of um, in a in a vacuum because we don't get much other than anecdotal feedback. So we don't really have a whole lot of quantitative uh, data other than listeners. But evidently, it's motivating people, and that's just my show reporting back to me. There are six other shows that happen during the week. Yeah, I think I think um, in a way, you know, it is called the Italian Wine Podcast. I had this discussion with Pauline, but we offer, you know, uh, something for everybody in a way, right? Of course, Italian wine producers and Italian wine lovers, Italian wine audience can uh, benefit. Uh, from all of the different types of um, episodes that we provide. But it does offer different things to different people. So I think that is why also we are growing in terms of audience, because it's not just in, you know, interviewing producers. Having said that, I mean, sometimes there's an overlap, right? Like you interviewed the same producer as I did, because maybe, you know, we're, we're not completely coordinated. And of course, we're all so busy. But your interview is quite different from my interview of the same person. I get it. Right? So... So I think that's also very interesting too. Now, how I think in the end we we have to think about how to bring value to our listeners and um, also to the industry. You certainly do a lot. I think um, I I don't you know I always tell any producers, not even just Italian, but even from other countries who want to you know bring their wines to uh, America they should all they should do is just tap onto your show every week yeah, yeah. i mean it seems it's it's like yeah it's just it's just almost like free consulting every single week so i think that's how we bring value to the uh to the listeners well the subject matter the original remit was to talk about um non-traditional markets that was your idea and i have talked about a few i did one with uh, Terra Storia, Stephanie Quadra about Utah as, as a separate state. But what I'm finding that people seem to really respond to, and in particular other podcasters, I had a number of people come up to me this past week when I was in New Orleans asking, how are you guys doing what you're doing with listeners? That they've got a, got a podcast, they've got a professional editor, as we do, and they have the resources to do it, but they're not generating anywhere near the level of listens we were at in comparison even to the to the level of listeners that we have right now. And uh, what do you think the reason is that there's been that incredible hockey stick chart of growth? I think it's it's fairly simple. It's 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 really about being consistent and per- putting out content every single day. I think it's also sheer just volume in a way. Yeah, but it's got to be... Once you have critical mass, I mean, I take it for granted that every single one of the podcasters are very good professionals who bring value in into the conversation. 
And so that I take that for granted. Like, you know, I take it for granted. Most wine are made very well. It's high quality and it's, you know, it's, it's drinkable, right? Like I take that for granted. I think the most important thing why we have such huge numbers is that it's, we're consistent every day we we give we provide content so people know that even if they can't listen to it today they can go back tomorrow i, I would add one dimension and that it isn't just the content nor is it the fact that the content is good and intelligent and thoughtful therefore of, of value i think it's also uh, a function of preparation i know how i prepare i know how mark does and how polly does and the, the kinds of questions you're getting are really good journalistic inquiries and, and digging into some things. I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, and we're patting ourselves. I'm patting myself on the back on this one, patting all of us on the back of saying, I think we're really trying to dig in and get some really interesting stuff. Not necessarily conversational, because this is not gossip. It's to dig into, yeah, okay, that's what everybody says, but what does that really mean? And what are the ramifications of those things? Like Polly's doing an extraordinary job. Of course, hers are a lot longer. You told me I should only do a half an hour. She does an hour. Yeah. So you can that to me. We like her more. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, seriously, that's true, that they're, they're completely different dynamics of what each of us do. And um, I'm, frankly, wallowing in it. I'm, I'm enjoying the, uh, the response we're getting, and I'm also really enjoying the, the digging into it. And at the end of the day, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, jokes aside, I really thank you so much for doing this, Steve. We love your podcast. I listen to every single one of your podcasts at some point during the week because I do think it's kind of how I keep abreast of what's happening stateside in a way. Yeah, it's like one of the industry newsletters that only carries three or four stories a day. But it happens every, you know, every day. This is happening every week. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's uh, all the new, you know, the new new players, you know, from from the wine industry from stateside. I th- I love it. So I think the audience they feel the same way, you know. And I and all of you, like you yourself, and now you said Mark, you know, Mark. Of course, he's an extraordinarily intelligent and a great, great person, incredibly generous. And of course, he brings the food and the travel and, you know, he's wonderful. So I think he's very different. And like you said, of course, Polly, she's such a professional, you know, in her in what she does. And she taps into people who I would never right. meet or exactly. think about, you know, meeting. So and that's how also the, you know, people who are from the Italian, I'm very Italian wine centric, but I get so much out of what, you know, her interviews. So I think that's why, you know, it makes sense. Although uh, we thought about like, you know, changing the name for her or whatever, but I'm like, you know what, it is Italian wine podcast and it's going to stay that way. Because, you know, it's very clear in everybody's mind where to go to to have these kind of conversations. So I boil it down to stuff that's going to help you and matter in how you can conduct and grow your business, however you want to title it. And if it skews off to some other things, there's always uh, relevance uh, to Italian wines that may be more industry centric, but certainly applicable um, to Italian wines per se. Yeah, so I think we should close off um, this pod right now because it's half an hour into the conversation. So 
I do. I did want to remind everyone that Wine to Wine is happening in November, 7th and 8th of November in Verona, only in person. We will, I suppose, put it on the platform maybe a week later. I, I'm not sure. I've not decided yet. But it will. there will be no live streaming. So any of you who can come to Verona, that's wine2wine.net. Um, I hope you can join us because there are some wonderful people coming to the event and and more importantly, wonderful speakers. I agree. Okay. Okay. So, Stevie, yeah. what's the big takeaway? Uh, well, the big takeaway is that, um, you know, with all of this digital, virtual, you know, happening, the way that the way we've been working the past couple of years, sometimes we need to take a step back to go forward. And this is exactly what Wine to Wine is. We're going to do only in person and try to listen to each other. And because I think the lost art of listening is something to think about. Yeah, that's a really good point. Okay, this is Steve Ray saying thank you for listening to uh, the interview this week. It was with Stevie Kim, who's the doyen of this whole um, operation, and uh, we'll see you next week with another interesting edition of Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People. Okay, ciao ragazzi! Ciao Steve! Happy birthday! We hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th, 2022 in Verona, Italy. Remember, the second early bird discount on tickets will be available until September 18th. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.